This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. When Mehmed II, young sultan of the Ottoman Empire, set his eyes on Constantinople in 1451, there was nothing anyone could do to talk him out of it. And they tried. Oh, they tried. Because one does not simply conquer Constantinople. Mehmed wanted to do something truly great, something no sultan had ever done before. He wanted to take the capital city of Christianity. But he knew it wouldn't be easy. And he knew that he would have to get creative in order to accomplish this goal. Constantinople's defenses were quite literally impregnable, thanks to modern technology. There were four layers of walls, a moat, and a chain that stretched across the Golden Horn to prevent any navy from getting close via the water. Given that it was situated on a particularly small and easily defensible plot of land, it's no wonder that the fortifications had held for centuries. Mehmed wanted to fix that, or wreck that, I should say. But first, he had to get past the walls and the moat. Despite how highly trained the Ottomans were, the Christians housed inside the city would never have to meet them in battle if their opponents couldn't bring down the walls. Enter one particularly intrepid Hungarian named Orban. Orban was a Christian metallurgist who set out to sell his new invention to the highest bidder. He first took his invention to the Christians of Constantinople, but they couldn't afford his price. So Orban did the thing that any good capitalist would do. He took it to a competitor. Mehmed II saw the value in Orban's invention and paid more than the asking price to have it done sooner. While Orban questioned the timeline, he agreed to make it happen for the sultan, as well as personally overseeing the use of his revolutionary weaponry on the battlefield. Orban's weapon was unlike anything the medieval world had seen before. Where once there had just been catapults and trebuchets, hurling stones at walls, and maybe the occasional small cannon, now there was Orban's 27-foot-long cannon. And yes, the cannon had a name, Basilica. Although on the battlefield it would be known as the Bear, and all the smaller variants would be known as her Cubs. Basilica itself took a team of more than 60 oxen to carry to the battlefield, and must have looked like a harbinger of death, which it would soon become, in more ways than one. Mehmed and Orban prepared the cannons and aimed them at those impenetrable walls, about to find out just how strong they really were. It didn't take long, though. You see, the bear and her cubs broke through the first couple of layers, and created holes wide enough for the Christians inside to finally see the need to step out and counterattack. And while those battles raged on the field, 
Orban kept firing and firing and firing. In fact, they fired the basilica so rapidly that the cannon's shell began to crack. After all, this was a brand new technology with no time for testing before action. This was the field test, and Orban was beginning to see the problem. Unfortunately, Mehmed II wasn't. When Basilica sat idle for several hours, Mehmed pressured the issue, demanding Orban to continue firing despite the concerns for the cracking shell. The inventor had no options, either die at the hand of the ambitious yet impulsive sultan or risk death at the hands of his own creation. So he kept firing. And as the Christians turned the tide of battle against the Ottomans, Basilica did exactly what Orban feared it would do. It fired one last time, fracturing the shell down the middle, and then exploded right there in the middle of the Ottoman troops. The setbacks would eventually stop, though, and the Ottoman Empire would finally capture Constantinople, turning it into modern-day Istanbul, the capital of Turkey. And while Orban's invention may have spelled his own demise, it was the beginning of a weapons game that would carry on right up to today. You might even say, this was the moment when artillery design really blew up. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon, 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. The birth of a child is a joyful occasion. New life is brought into the world to grow into someone who hopefully does a bit of good. Of course, the act of carrying and giving birth to that child, well, that's a bit of a roller coaster. The morning sickness, the cravings, and the potential complications can all make the experience less than pleasant. But in the end, it's worth it. Although, if you had to do it 70 times, you might think twice. Fyodor Vasilyev was a Russian peasant born in 1707. He was married to a woman whose name wasn't recorded, although it was believed to have been Valentina. But although history may have forgotten her name, it certainly hasn't forgotten what she did over the course of her life. From 1725 to 1765, a period of 40 years, Valentina Vasilyev gave birth to 69 children. Let me say that again, in case you think I misspoke. Valentina gave birth to 69 children. That's an impressive-sounding number, right? According to the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, the chances of having twins is 1 in 250 pregnancies, triplets 1 in 10,000, and quadruplets a whopping 1 in 700,000 pregnancies. And sure, those odds come down when fertility treatments come into the picture, but those weren't things that were available during Valentina's lifetime. Yet she gave birth to... 16 pairs of twins, 7 sets of triplets, and 4 sets of quadruplets. And given that the pregnancy terms of triplets and quadruplets are, on average, shorter than those of twins or single children, Valentina was likely pregnant for 18 full years of her life. And just as surprising to hear, out of the entire brood of 69 children, only two died in infancy. Of course, it was clear that Fyodor loved growing his family. And because Valentina wasn't his only wife, he had more chances to do just that. His second wife gave birth to another 18 kids. There were six sets of twins and two sets of triplets, bringing Theodore's grand total to a record-setting 87 children. Literally. You see, Theodore holds the Guinness World Record for fathering the most children of anyone on Earth for the last 250 years. Others have come close, though. Another Russian couple, Kekov Kirillov, and his wife were said to have had 57 children during the mid-1700s. But nobody came close to Fyodor and Valentina. However, that didn't stop the naysayers from trying to knock the couple down a few pegs. In the 1783 issue of The Gentleman's Magazine, an English periodical from the same time, a letter was published by a reader who had done the math. They suggested that the high number of children was actually the result of Fyodor's promiscuous ways. A book published in 1790 by B.F.J. Herman mentioned Fyodor's enormous family, but encouraged readers to view the case with a caution, he said. In fact, that was the common belief for most books and articles written about Fyodor and his children. Question everything. In the late 1800s, the French Academy of Sciences tried to get the truth by reaching out to someone named M. Konikov from the Imperial Academy of St. Petersburg. 
They were hoping for some guidance on how to pursue their investigation, to which Konnikov told them not to bother. There were still Vasilyevs living in Moscow, and they were getting sizable favors from the government due to the size of their family. Over the years, the inquiries into the Vasilyevs died down, and eventually any evidence of the truth disappeared. Still, that doesn't stop scientists and fertility experts today from questioning the history. All the biological information we have now tells us that it's unlikely that Valentina gave birth to that many children in her life. Her body probably wouldn't have allowed it, especially as she got older. But without definitive proof, all we can really do is speculate. So for now, the record stands. 87 children, which is clearly a lot of mouths to feed. Of course, it also meant that there were plenty of hands to take care of all those chores around the house. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.